Hey guys, Gabe DeArm and Gerard Hamilton live from the press box at Jordan Hare Stadium in Auburn, Alabama after a 17-14 Auburn win over Missouri in overtime. This is the 573T's post-game report. Appreciate 573 uh, being a sponsor, helping us out. Guys, they've got a lot of great stuff. We want you to check them out, 573TES.com. But we got to get to this one. Gerard, I don't know a better way to welcome you to the Mizzou beat. This is the experience that is Missouri sports. I don't like, I am going to do my best to get through this show without uttering three words. The first two of which are what the, and the second, the third of which starts with an F, but I, I, I don't know, man. I need this entire show to process how I write about that game. I mean, this is the craziest Definitely the craziest game of my young career. Definitely the craziest. I mean, for three quarters or and overtime, three quarters and overtime, Missouri controlled everything, at least defensively. And it was a defensive matchup to me, but it, it felt like Missouri just – they just had it. And it felt like there were points where you just like – we were saying all game, whoever can get, you know, into field position, whoever gets the ball in the other, you know, team's, you know, uh, field position, they're going to win. And then Brady Cook throws that bomb, that 39-yard pass to Dominic Lovett. They get inside the five. You think it, or I think it was inside the five. I know it was I at the five. Four. Yeah, I said in, in the form inside the ten, inside the five. You know, they line it up. They got Mevis. Then you got you know the play with Pete, and it's just it's heartbreaking because not once but twice on the road, we talked so much about them getting a win on the road and like literally slipping through your fingers, literally slipping through your fingers at the goal line last play of the game. So there are a million places to go, but let's start with that because we were talking in the post game. It looked to me, and look, we didn't talk to Nate Pete. I asked Eli Drinkwitz. He said he did, he hadn't talked to Nate for sure to know yet. It didn't look to me like that was Nate Pete celebrating that he had scored the game-winning touchdown. I thought he was trying to reach for the goal line, and he, it just slipped. It, he was trying to hold the ball with one hand, and it just slipped. Is that what it looked like to you? Yeah, it looked like that live on the field to me. I never that never crossed my mind that it was any type of celebratory because if you look at how he's going down the sideline, he was just trying to stay in bounds. And you know, like obviously in hindsight, you know, if he would have stepped out of bounds, that would have helped, or you could have said whatever. But it's no guarantee, especially in this game, that you can get three yards or whatever. So him trying yeah. to like that was the play to make, and he just didn't probably he didn't just get that extra palm. It you know when you like this right. before you do something like that he didn't get that you know he just tried to extend it probably extend it too far wasn't ready or whatever and it just it just popped out and i know i'm gonna probably get yelled at a lot in this show because i'm gonna defend some things that happen like people say all the time you don't lunge for the end zone you don't extend and dive for the end zone right i'm sorry man the kid's six feet from winning the game it's instinct it is Every person's instinct is anything I can do to get this ball over the goal line. He tried to make a play and he didn't. And, and look, I, nobody, I, I can tell you, nobody took this harder than Nate Pete. He was devastated downstairs. I mean, he was being consoled by all of his teammates, by everybody. Um, you know, so look, this is a time, he, it, it sucks. Um, his teammates are, are saying the right thing. You know, hey, it doesn't come down to one play, one guy. And it doesn't because Nate Pete made some nice plays in that game. But that's just, that's instinct, man. I don't fault the kid for trying to dive for the end zone there. 
I don't either. I mean, you hit it. You hit it. You know, you hit it perfectly. I'm. Let me let me switch over to the other topic. Let's kill two birds with one stone about Harrison Mevis and, and the kick and that last possession. I've already seen people saying, you know, why didn't they try to go for the touchdown? Blah blah blah. When they got that pass to Love, it there was maybe like a minute left, forty five around minute, something like that, about a minute. Yeah. When you're inside the ten yard line, and for for you, NFL Auburn had fans, two timeouts. They had two timeouts. You just seen the Jets steal the game because the Browns scored too early. Now that was two possessions. Obviously, this is one, but you've got you got your inside the ten. You have probably the best kicker, and the way they were downing the ball, they were trying to set it up in the center for mm-hmm. Harrison Mevis. That was the right call to not try to play and be cute and give them two timeouts, 45 seconds to do something down the field. Especially, like, I don't know. Anything can happen. This game was crazy. So that was the right, right play. Um, it didn't look like there was a, a, a high snap or a low snap or a muffled, you know, holding of the ball. It just simply it was just a little bit to the right. And But that was the right play. And Drink said in the press conference he would do it again and again, and he should. I would. That was the smart move. And look, I said before, I, I said literally before anything happened, as soon as the pass was complete to love it, I told you in the press box, I said, they shouldn't try to score. They should down the ball and let Mevis win the game. This is the perfect example of we judge the result when what we should be judging is the process. Because, look, weird things happen, man. It's it's sports, and, and games go weird. But basically what Eli Drinkwitz did there was say, I am going to rely on the best player on my football team to win this game by doing something that he has literally never failed to do. I'll have to double-check it. I don't think Harrison Mevis has ever missed an extra point at Missouri. I am almost positive he has never missed a field goal under 30 yards at Missouri. All you're asking him to do is what he has done every single time you've ever asked him to do it. He's the best player on your team. It didn't work. That doesn't mean the idea was wrong. Means It means it didn't work out your way. And But for everybody to be saying afterwards, well, he's an idiot for not trying to score. Look, you're welcome to your opinion. I just don't agree because if exactly what you had said happens, if they score and let's say Auburn busts a 65-yard kickoff return and gets one play and ties the game, everybody's saying, hmm, should have down the ball at the two. How many times have we seen people say, don't score, don't score, don't let them touch the ball again? It, it, it's just a if it doesn't work out, the head coach is going to get screamed at situation. And Eli knows that. I think he did the right thing. Other people are, are welcome to disagree if they want. Um, you know, I, I think Missouri actually was kind of handed that game three times because Brian Harson has a 45-yard field goal to give them the lead with, what, two minutes left. And now, look, Auburn's kicker is not Harrison Mevis, but he goes for it on fourth and one on a dive play and doesn't give it and sets up Missouri. I mean, it, it felt like Missouri had that game won three times. I mean, Missouri did everything that – I'm not gonna say everything, but they did a lot of the things that we suggested. They did a lot of they they changed their personnel. They had a 21 personnel going out there, help you know with the running backs chipping and helping the blockers. They got the tight ends involved, which is another flavor that we haven't really seen this season to give you know Auburn something to look at. Obviously, that hasn't been on film, so that was kind of something different when Quebec caught those couple of passes. They did everything well. I mean, Brady Cook struggled, but he put he had a couple dimes and did what he needed to do. And like you said, they had multiple chances to win. And 
don't know. I guess this is what you said. This is being in Missouri. It's just <laughs> what, whatever can go wrong, you know, will go wrong type of thing. But like, I think I, I love what you said when you said we have to judge the process and not the result. And that comes for, for not just stuff like this, but like, for example, somebody makes scores a hundred points, but it takes a hundred shots and everybody mm-hmm. looks at the hundred points. That's not the same thing. That wasn't efficient. So same way here, the process was good and all that stuff. It just, not the right result for Missouri. Now, let me say this. While I don't fault Nate Pete, really, while I don't blame Drinkwitz for going with Mevis, today wasn't good enough. Like, this needed to be a win against a team that really didn't seem very interested in winning itself. Right? I mean, this is not a good Auburn team that beat them. This is not an Auburn team that appears to much be all that interested in saving the coach's job. This is an Auburn program that may have fired its coach had Harrison Mevis made that field goal or had Nate Pete held on to the ball. So I, I don't, I, all I'm saying is I don't want people to think we are whitewashing this and just say, oh, golly gee, tough one. They got beat. No, look, this is big boy football and the stakes are high. And if eventually this doesn't work out for Eli Drinkwitz, this is going to be one of the days we point to as a reason why. I don't want that. I, I don't want anybody saying, oh, you're taking it way too easy on him. You just have to have, like, I, I get it. Be pissed off. There are a lot of reasons Missouri lost this game. Where I, I, We were just kind of explaining why I think two of them were just maybe bad luck as much as anything. Now, here's what I don't think was bad luck. Back-breaking penalties. Back-breaking penalties. The hold call on Connor Wood on a long run takes Missouri out of field goal range. Offsides on two missed field goals, one of which ended up being the game winner. That can't happen, man. That that just can't happen. I mean, I just was looking at their drives. Missouri, obviously, they were down 14-0 to start the game. Uh, second quarter, they go 14 on answer, two touchdowns on back-to-back drives. Let me tell you, let me tell you the drives, the three drives before it and the drives after it. So start the game, punt, interception, punt, and it was a touchdown, touchdown. Punt, 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 punt. Field goal attempt, which is the Mevis miss, fumbled it in the game. Now, the last two, obviously, we just talked about it. I don't want to say bad luck. I don't really want to do that, but it just didn't work out. All those punts, when, when they were inside their 10 with like two minutes to go or whatever, and we were just like, they're settling. Like, they're not playing to win. They're playing to not lose. Like, all of that, that is part of this loss because, like you said, this is not an Auburn defense that should have scared or will scare anybody. I've seen a 5-7 and seven Auburn team. That's what this looks like. That's oh, yeah. That's yeah. to me. They lost to a 5-7 and seven Auburn team who was now 3-1, and one, and now Missouri's 2-2 two and two looking down, you know, the whole that is Georgia coming to town. So, I yeah, mean. And, and, look, once again, 14 nothing out the shoot on the road. That's on the coach. Backbreaking penalties. That's on the coach. We are not absolving people of blame here. We are not absolving Eli Drinkwitz of blame. You also have to have a little bit because if Mevis makes that field goal, are people still saying, well, they can't start and they have back? I don't know, man. But I'm just saying, again, it's judge the process, not the result. So I've been going through uh, reading your comments and appreciate it. There's a lot of them. We're not going to be able to get them all on air, obviously. But if you've got comments, if you've got questions, put them in there. We'll do our best to address them. I want to hit the first two that I've, I've seen most often. Number one is Brady Cook. And look, teams lose. Fans hate the quarterback. Let me first ask this. Who should play quarterback for this team? If it's not Brady Cook, 
who should play quarterback for this team? What's the answer? They were, I mean, him. He's it. Right. 14, that 14, is the answer. 14 of 24 for 179, 58 uh, completion percentage, 112.7 QB rating. I mean, and that Let's say first, was he wasn't good, right? He, he wasn't he good was, today. He wasn't good, but then just think, like, like you said, let's read off what else they have. Sam Horn, not ready. Tyler Macon, haven't really heard of nothing about him. Tyler, then, Tyler, Macon, Tyler Macon at Tuesday practice was running the scout team, guys. That means he was running Auburn's offense, not Missouri's offense. And that's not the first time we've seen him do that. So yeah. um, you got that, and then uh, Jack Abraham. The last time he – well, I mean – we're not going to say last week, but two weeks ago versus the Power Five team, interception, interception. I mean, right? What, what do you? And then on top of that, he's not mobile like Brady Cook. At least when a play happens and he's getting in trouble because the offensive line, it's not all the offensive line is breaking down and he's going to stand there. There's some hope he will do something. He's the right. team's leading rusher coming into this game. So yeah, where are you going to go? Again, it's it's if not him, then who? And. I, neither Gerard or I is sitting here saying, hey, Brady Cook is an all-SEC quarterback or Brady Cook is the quarterback you want. Look, the failure was in the offseason. And I I don't know any other way to say other than we tried to tell you. I mean, Gerard wasn't here yet, but Mitchell Forty and I tried to tell you they are desperately searching for anything at quarterback because they don't think they have a, a guy that can win SEC games there right now. And people didn't want to see it, and they didn't want to admit it. And now – it's almost further the other way where everything is Brady's fault. Because look, as much as Brady wasn't good today, but he did put them on the five-yard line to win the game with a big-time throw. And it was a great play by Dom Lovett, absolutely. But he made some plays. And he sat up there after the game, and he said, he said, look, this isn't on Harrison. This isn't on Nate. If you want to blame somebody, blame me. Brady quarterback, Brady Cook did what an SEC starting quarterback is supposed to do. Now, that is not absolving him. That is not telling you guys, hey, you should feel great about quarterback and all that. But if I make a list of this team's top five problems, I really don't think quarterback is one. And the main reason I don't think it's one is because there is no solution. I mean, if you bench Brady Cook, I think you get worse at quarterback. So you might not think he's good enough, but he's the best they have. And I don't think there's any question. I think it's real telling. And this is college, high school, pro, whatever you want to call it. If a position battle is decided after eight days, when the coach is telling you we're going to have this battle, if it's decided after eight days, that means – It wasn't close. Yeah, it wasn't close. And someone clearly stood out or the other one stood out, but for the wrong reasons. And right. it took what eight? It was eight days for Cook to be announced the starter. So you see the talent. I game. mean, too simplistic. This is too simplistic. We have to get Sam Horn a shot. It's easy. No, it's not. I, I mean, that offensive line has been. They were better today, but one of the reasons they were better is they constantly had two backs and six offensive linemen. They were running two wide receivers all day, though, so they could protect the quarterback. So that's the reason the old line was better. You want to put a true freshman back there? I'm, I'm sorry, just no. I, you're asking to get the kid killed, especially next week against Georgia. I've said all along, you're two and four coming out of Florida. Feel free to put him back there then. I'd go, I would ride with Sam Horn second half of the season. Um, so here's here's the other thing I've seen a lot of. And I go back and forth on this. Where's Luther Burden? So, Gerard, first off, I mean, w- what's your take on Luther Burden's day? Okay, thank you. Um, I, if you, 
I listened to a little bit of Brian Harson's uh, press conference from earlier this week, and he mentioned like Luther Burton. That was a question, and they're locking in on him. Basically, they're gonna lock in on him. For Missouri fans, Dominic Lovett has been the go-to this season. But for everybody else, you know, that's not what you're thinking. You're not thinking you can think, ah, oh, Dom's just having a good game, whatever. It's just a side player, you know, a supporting cast player having good games, but Burton's the key. It's real easy to get Burton 13 targets or whatever, 13 touches last week versus an FCS team who, no matter if they triple teamed him, probably couldn't really cover him because they don't have the talent for that. When you have an SEC team, regardless of what we think of Auburn, they it's SEC players. It's not going to happen like that. It's not going to be pitch and catch with him. And in a way to get Dom Lovett, his targets, they kind of have to be separated from each other sometimes. I was asking why was Burden lined up kind of how he was in the X all alone on one side of the field. It's because, yeah, he's their best. You know, that's who you would want to throw your deep ball to. But, like, what? I don't know. You got to do something. But, I mean, if Dominic Lovett's got it going, you got to go to him. Well, yeah, I mean – Look, I, I said, I think in the third quarter, I said, hot take, Dominic Lovett is who you thought Luther Burden was going to be this season. And I, again, all offseason, this is a different level of football than a true freshman has ever played. And so people are saying, well, they don't even try to get him involved. And look, again, there is some truth to that. They need to try other things. But I, I'm just going to give you an idea. So fourth quarter, Brady Cook throws deep down the, the right sideline on third down. Back shoulder throw, Luther Burden comes back behind the DB, turns, got both hands on it, didn't catch the ball. Minute 10 to play. Down the right sideline deep. Dominic Lovett adjusts the ball, back shoulder throw, makes the catch. That's the difference right now. Dom Lovett's had a year. Luther hasn't. So, yes, do they need to try to get him more involved? Yes. When they've tried to get him involved, at times, there have been some growing pains. I I, I this is not a one-man team. This is not a let's make Luther happy and then worry about the team later. They're trying to win football games. And I know people are going to say, but they would win more football games if they gave Luther the ball. Maybe they would, but like also there have been times where he hasn't made those plays. Um, I think that they just have to go play football and quit worrying about how many touches does Luther have to get? What's the correct political approach to keep the right people happy to, to make sure Luther just go win football games? And if that means Luther Burden touches the ball 26 times, great. If it means he touches the ball two times, fine. But if Missouri wins this game, are we talking about how Luther Burden's not involved? Or are we talking about, oh my God, that receiver from East St. Louis just made some huge plays for them, that being Dominic Lovett. The team still has to be first in the assessment of this, not Luther Burton. I think, and I don't think this is Gabe telling you guys, you know, that Luther is not him or that he will not be that right. guy. Absolutely That's, not. I mean, again, it's just a different level of football, but you're right. We're not talking about it. If anything, we're saying, oh, man, once they can get Luther in this going, you know, get his you know feet wet and stuff like this, this offense could be better. But now it's now everybody, oh, what's going on with Luther, blah, blah, blah. I, I, it's just – it's just not it. He doesn't have the he doesn't have that year under him. On top of that, again, their teams are throwing their best corners on him, the freshman. 
So he doesn't have a year of experience, and they're trying to lock him up or do whatever they can to neutralize him on purpose. Yeah. Michael Kaiser says, where's the Wildcat package? Fair. I mean, yes, there are are ways they could get him the ball. Absolutely there are. Nobody is saying that's not true. It's just instead of all black or all white, there are some shades of gray. Uh, Now, how about this one, Gerard? Speaking of Luther, what in God's name is going on with the punt returner? Yeah. I I don't know. I said, I, I said, uh, my quick thoughts to end the game is, you know, Jack Stonehouse, great. That was a great switch at punter. But as far as the punt return, why is Dominic Lovett and Luther tag teaming these punts? Uh, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go in. And I know that's not them choosing that. But what is drink? What is? It, I don't know why Drinkwitz has turned a position where people in a way think it's an afterthought until it becomes a problem. Like first it was KAD, then it was his refusal to take KAD out until he really had to. Then he puts Burden in there. Burden shows last week what he has. Then, you know, back and forth all day. It just I, I, I didn't understand the there's literally only one guy who's taken a punt back for a touchdown on this team. And even when asked about it immediately after the game, Eli started talking about, well, he he didn't return it, he picked it up. Well, what? He the ball went to him and he ended up in the end zone. This is a good thing. There's your punt return. And then uh, look, I think for a little while today, Luther may have been banged up. I, I mean, I'll be honest, guys. We didn't ask about Luther after the game because, I mean, this is a devastated team with a devastated coach. We're going to get about five minutes, and that just wasn't – that's a Tuesday question. That's not a today question. But I, I think he had to have been banged up for a minute, but then he came back, and he, still and he let a punt bounce, and it went 61 yards, and then it was Love it again. But then later it was Luther. I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer there. I just think when Love it, first off, Love it bobbled both of the catches he caught. That's first right. One he bobbled, he too. had it, and then the second one he muffled, he muffed it, and then he got it. So then, like Drinkwitz is playing with fire for I feel like, or whoever's doing this, whoever's putting these guys in the game, they're playing with fire because they don't have to do it. Yeah, um, this is a common one we got today too. Need a new offensive coordinator. I. You can only play the cards you have. And right now, asking this offense to score 30 points a game is like giving a dude a two, a four, a seven, a nine, and a five and saying, hey, go win the hand. Go go take the pot. I mean, it's I don't know what you do when you can't run the ball very well, when to even have a chance to throw the ball, you have to play six offensive linemen. Then, and this, we'll go back to the Brady. Like there were times today he had time and Brady Cook just missed guys. Like there were absolutely times there. So again, we're not saying Brady Cook isn't part of the problem, but when you have an inaccurate quarterback, a line that can't give him time in a running game, that's not really working and, a tight end room that consists entirely of a walk-on who didn't play high school football. I, what plays work there, man? Like, what What do you call? Two things. One, uh, I think about it like this. For any of you guys play video games, something like this, usually when you're playing against somebody, you're going to pick a team that you think is either one of the best in the league and at worst, if you want to challenge yourself, middle of the pack, Right. You're not going to go for the teams with the low overalls. If they don't have that much talent, what's the fun in, in using them as much? This team, offensively, 
especially when we talk about the line, just doesn't have the offensive talent it needs for Drake to open up his playbook. And you mentioned it earlier with the 21 personnel and having to use six linemen. Do you know how much he's simplifying his playbook by taking, you know, position players off the or wide receivers or whatever, or making the running backs have to chip and block? Do you know, like, the plays he has to limit when you do things like that? Like, there's only so much he can do, and they can't run the ball, so they can't set up play action. The, the quarterback, like you said, isn't the most accurate. Like, Drink only, he can only do so much. Right. And he ain't perfect. Look, his oh, offense no, sucks. Like, oh, oh. I, I don't know how to say it other than this offense sucks, and that's his fault. He deserves, but this is what he has. I, I mean, this is the talent that's here. Blame him for not being able to get the talent or not being able to develop the talent or whatever, but. I just don't know where you're looking on this roster that you say, well, this is the play you call and this is the guy you put in and it's all going to be better. I don't see that. And, and Gabe, how many times I've told you every single game, at least once, the wide receivers are not creating separation. No one here is getting separation and, I mean, above like four. And or five. when they do, Missouri's He's, not hitting them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And think about it like this the play where the interception happened. That was a spacing play designed to get everybody going different ways to spread out the defense. What happened? Brady telegraphs it right to Burden, who had no separation, and the defensive back makes a play on it. Tips he made a play. It and it gets yeah. a, you know, but that's what happens when you force it to lose the Burden. Actually, by the way, I forgot to say that earlier. First play of the game, Cook throws that streak nine route, had no chance. I don't know where the ball was going. Not only was Burden not open, it was nowhere near him to even make a play. Like, I don't know. Like, yes, drinks offense, not that great, but you don't, he doesn't have the requisite pieces for us to know if it's him or them all the way. Right. And Michael Kaiser saying, I thought recruit receivers were highly rated or recruiting was highly rated and we don't have the players on offense. Well, first of all, some of those guys aren't on the field. And again, like, here's why we're here guys, because he took the quarterback he wanted in the class of 2021 a four-star local kid who was his number one choice at quarterback. And two years later, that guy's running the scout team. And I don't say that to like, to trash Tyler Macon. He's a nice kid. Always has been cool to me. I I don't know. Maybe he's not getting a chance. I don't, I don't see everything every day, but my only point is two years later, that's the guy that's supposed to be a quarterback. And you can blame Drinkwitz for that, for not developing him. Absolutely. I'm not there every day. I don't know the reasons. Connor Bazelak was supposed to probably be the quarterback this year, and he's not here. You blame Connor for being soft. You blame Eli for driving him away. I don't know. I, I But the point is, everybody, here's what it really is. Everybody wants one thing, that, hey, just change this and we're better. No, dude, this is like 100 things. This team's so far from being good on offense. Like, the defense we saw today is good enough to win games. Now, they still didn't show up on the first drive of the game, right? Gave up, couldn't get off field, didn't really do anything. But they 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 played well enough to win this game. But this offense is so much more than one thing away. Is it the quarterback? Yes. Is it the running game? Yes. Is it the offensive line? Yes. Is it the receivers? Yes. Is it the play calling? Yes. It's all of those things. It's not just like one of them. You can't, I, you can't boil it down to just one of them. And something you say you say on our car rides is recruiting rankings don't win games. You can recruit everyone. They matter. Really. They do it, matter. It does matter, yeah. but they have to be developed, especially in this league. And that, like, 
yeah, they can recruit well, even if all their position players were good, you know, offensive line, quarterback struggles. If it was the inverse and they had the offensive line and the QB, if you don't got playmakers who can do anything once the ball is out the, the quarterback's hands, then what? Like, I don't know. And the, I, no one's mistaking Missouri for Georgia and Alabama and being able to get, you know, just five-star, four-star, five-star, four-star and all that good stuff to have this super team. But, I mean, they just have to make do with what they got. Yeah, and and look, I've been doing this long enough. I know this is the world we live in uh, on the internet. How long does Drinkwitz get? Drinks should be on the hot seat. There's a lot of it. Uh, guys, we can't fire the coach after every game. We can't. You know, somebody earlier said this isn't going to end until we get a new coach. But so here's the discussion I want to have. Not whether he should be fired or not. Whatever. That's I, I can't do it every day. But, Gerard, it's really tough to find an example of a guy at this level where it seemingly has gone this wrong, where the fan base pretty much has turned on him and it ends up getting fixed. I'm sure there's an example out there, but I really don't know what it is. I think he put gasoline <laughs> he put gasoline on the fire when he called when he said, you know, people are losers. And, yeah, that wasn't great. And that was after they got beat up, so it was even it was even worse. And now you lose this game, so they've they've beaten teams that were, they were over. You know, they you know they were supposed to beat La Tech by a lot. They did. Then they got beat up badly by Kansas State. Then they won last week, but they didn't win dominantly. So that's another thing against them. And then they find a way. And I, I hate to say it like that, but they found a way to not come out with the victory today for multiple reasons. And again, not really me, this or Pete's fault, but it still happened. The L is an L in the, in the law, in you know, in the record book. So a couple, a couple suggestions. Somebody says maybe Pinkle. No, um, there were some people that were real down on Gary Pinkle after year four. Not this many. That was a vocal minority. This seems to be a majority um, to me. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just who I hear from and who I'm around. Somebody brings up Mark Stoops. I don't think so because everybody knew what Stoops took over. Um, look, I don't think anybody was sold. He was the guy three years in, but I don't think there was negativity like this. Uh, Jeremy says maybe Sam Pittman because of the negativity around his hire. But, but we're talking – that was before he coached a game. Like by the end of year one, everybody was like, oh, yo, the Sam Pittman guy, he, he might be a pretty good hire. I, I just – what I'm looking for is a guy where three years in – it seems almost unanimous that the fan base is like, yo, I'm convinced this guy can't get it done where he ends up getting it done. And again, I'm not talking about the Twitter minority or the losers or whatever. I'm talking about this is, it seems like there's been a, a sea change in the Missouri fan base in the last three weeks. Like, I, I've gone from the guy who everybody says, why do you hate Eli, to the guy who everybody says, why are you defending Eli all the time, right? And I haven't changed my tone. Like, literally nothing has changed. What has changed is everybody else's tone. Yeah, it, I don't know. In a way, it's like he I, he shoots himself in the foot with some things. In the offseason, he kept saying how this was his best team. He was so confident in this team. The talent was great. And then they beat La Tech by a lot, and the defense showed so much improvement from last year, and they put up 52 points, so things look rosy and stuff. And then they got, you know, beat. So they were up here, 
And then it just has gone down. Evelyn Christian kind of stagnated, it felt like, but you were still in the decline. And now, again, on the road, you lose to a team that you probably should have beaten by at 10, 13. It's just off, off of off of talent, off how well that defense played for the last three quarters. I mean, hate to see it. Yeah. I, I mean, I – Look, guys, I get it. I mean, I said in the middle of the second quarter when it was 14 nothing, I said, none of your takes are too hot. And and I don't blame anybody for what they're thinking after this game. All we can give you is kind of what we think. But this goes back to week two at Kansas State. By doing what they did there, they put themselves in the position where this had to be a win. And then it was it was like Auburn was begging them to win it. And and they just they wouldn't. Um I don't know. I mean, I joked on the way back up to the press box. I joked in some ways, maybe Missouri really won because it seemed like two teams that were trying to lose and Missouri did a better job of that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Man. I don't, I don't know. I, in my head, I'm just thinking like, like I'm thinking what everybody else thought. You had this game won multiple times. You lost to a team that, I can easily see just winning four games and that's it. So, and I just feel like when you, for every road loss, no matter who it is, it just, these chips on their shoulder they've been talking about, just keeps adding and it grows and grows and grows. And I wonder, you know, how the players are going to start to take that. You know, it's easy at two and one maybe, or easier at two and one thinking, all right, Got some you're two and two and you're coming off a loss like this and then you're facing Georgia next. Mm. Yeah. Best team in the country comes in off a subpar effort against Kent State. Kirby going to kick their ass all week. Uh, That ain't going to be a lot of fun next week. Um, I don't know, man. Look, we've got to get to right and they're going to kick us out of the press box in like an hour and a half. So we got to get to doing stuff. Uh, so we're going to have to cut this pretty short. But uh, just final thought, man, I, 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 I've got to write a column and I'm still not sure how to wrap this up. OK, my final thought, somewhat of a positive, not all that great. The defense and this is going to probably be the, the face of my the feature coming up. The defense needs the offense. They need its help. They need help because they are keeping them in games. Just, just a little bit of help. Oh, oh, yeah. They're keeping them in games, and the offense can't do nothing for a long period of time, and then the defense eventually gives out. Because we were talking earlier, the defense looks like it bends, does the break, and that's what happened. First quarter was looking bad, but then after that, they just kept putting it together. They need the offense to put more points up to kind of balance this out. Yeah, and uh... – I don't know, guys. I'm going to attempt to summarize it in a column this way. Um, I've got a decent amount of experience following this program for the last 30 years. A lot of you guys have it for longer. Um, This is a program whose identity is kind of we find ways to to get beat that that you can't imagine. And this gets added to that list. I mean, this is – this game was over. I was ready to close my computer and go write about, hey, it was ugly, but they won, and that's all they had to do because Harrison Mevis made a field goal and Dom Lovett made one play. And then it didn't happen. And uh, this, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know where you go from here. Um, number one team in the country coming back, coming up next week. I don't know what we can find out, but Eli Drinkwood's job got really, 
really hard today if it wasn't hard enough. So uh, anyway, appreciate all you guys watching. Um, I'll turn this into a podcast. If, if you listen on that, give us some nice reviews, all that. Do need to remind you that every week post game we're brought to you by 573Ts and 573Ts.com. They've got some PowerMizzou.com stuff in production for us right now. Uh, they can they do a lot of NIL stuff for Mizzou athletes. They can do bulk orders. They can do single custom orders. They can do anything you want. But 573Ts.com, again, we are here at Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn, Alabama. We've got to get some stuff done before they kick us out, and we go finish up at the uh, hotel tonight. So thanks for watching. Uh, stay nice things. It's not about the football team, at least about us. So we'll talk to you guys later.